just be at that table. You have that voice. And so why sit back and wait for somebody else to speak for you when you have the opportunity to speak for yourself? Hello and welcome to School Me, the National Education Association's podcast dedicated to helping educators thrive at every stage of their careers. I'm your host, Natika Samuels. We know that there's strength in numbers and a larger union gives us a stronger voice and ability to improve working and learning conditions. Every member can play a role in growing the union because no one knows the value of the union better than the members themselves. That's why NEA has trained thousands of its educators in how to encourage potential members to join. Today, we are speaking to Cassie Owens-Moore, a school librarian in South Carolina and part of NEA's National Member Organizing Cadre, to talk about the value of member-to-member organizing. And to learn more about the cadre and member organizing, check out our recent NEA Today article, Educators Are Stronger Together. We'll link it in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Cassie. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's get started with a little bit about you. Can you tell us about yourself, where you're currently working, and your position? I am from South Carolina. I am currently working as a public school librarian at Seneca Middle School. I absolutely love it. It is my dream job. It's what I've always wanted to do without knowing that it's what I've always wanted to do. And how did you become a librarian? What's the story of your progress over your career? I went to college young, right out of high school, and I was pretty immature. So I only stuck around for two years. And then I got married and had children and did all the things. And I find myself working at the hospital and they just said, you know what, you're really sharp. We see something great in you. Have you thought about going back to school? And I had, and so the opportunity came for me to go to school to be a nurse. And I was content with that for about a semester. And then I walked into the library and I said, this is what I used to really love and just being there in school itself. So I switched over to education, became an ELA teacher for 18 years and got a grant, book love grant from Penny Kettle. And it gave me just hundreds of books from my classroom library. And my students were joking with me and said, you should just be a librarian. And I just laughed it off and I said, oh my goodness. But it never left me that they said that. So I found myself becoming a librarian and, you know, going through the certification and I haven't looked back. It has just been a dream job. So how long have you been an educator? I've been an educator. This will be year 21 and I'm still excited. (laughs) So... We're here to talk about member-to-member organizing, but before we can get there, I guess we have to get the story of how you came to the union in the first place. So can you talk a little bit about your impressions of union membership as you went into your career and when you first really started thinking about and getting involved in your union? So I was at a conference for the district teachers of the year. So there's the table for the SCEA in South Carolina, and I just wander over to it. And it was the way that I was approached. I remember it was Todd Scholl, who is now the Center of Educator Wellness and Leadership for the SCEA. But he just asked me, how long have you been in education and what are you passionate about? And he just let me talk about books and learning and students and engagement. And he just listened. And the next thing I know, he's like, you know, we need your insight. We need your passion. We need that excitement that you bring. And it was just the fact that he was saying, we need you, not you need us. 
it didn't feel like I was lacking something. So I needed to join. It was more of you have so much of this. We can use you in the SCEA. And that was just really different for me. And it was so authentic. And so it was the best yes that I've said. And from then on, it was just that follow-up phone call about, again, what are you passionate about? What are you wanting to do? And the SCEA really made an effort to let me know that there were all these opportunities of engagement. And so I became a local president. And then from there, I was member organizing. And then in the past year, I became one of the national lead organizers. And so it just feels surreal to say all of this, but it's just been a natural progression. Just every time I get involved and I just see myself growing and developing, someone else points to me and says, you know, have you thought about doing this? Have you thought about taking this next step? So I feel like being a part of our union has just been a series of steps. Just first you become a member, then you get engaged, then you just keep moving as much or as little as you want. But I'm just in a season of life where this all makes sense to me. And so I've just been able to continuously say yes. And why do you think it's been so important for you to get involved with your union? Of course, there's lots of people who are members and don't take on any leadership positions or get as involved as you've gotten. So why has that been so important to you? Because for a very long time, I felt like bad things happen in the world or bad things happen in the community. And I just say, oh, that's really heartbreaking. Oh, that's tragic. Someone should do something about that. Or I wish someone would step in and do something. And becoming a member of our union has shown me that I'm the person I'm waiting for. If I recognize the problem, then perhaps I can also recognize a solution. Or if I can't recognize a solution by myself, I can be a part of an organization or a group of people who are working for a solution or who are working to improve conditions. And I feel like being involved, it's so easy to sit back and point out problems. I mean, anybody can do that. But I think that when you become a part of our union, you're answering the call to step up and be at that table where we're trying to create solutions, be at that table where we're trying to improve schools and communities and just the resources for educators. I mean, just be at that table. You have that voice. And so why sit back and wait for somebody else to speak for you when you have the opportunity to speak for yourself? So let's talk about organizing a little bit. So for people who may not know what that word means in this context, we're talking about members who are helping to recruit new members to the union. And there are a lot of people who's job it is that are not necessarily members to help with that. But then there's also this member to member angle of organizing as well. So can you talk a little bit about what member to member organizing entails and how it differs from maybe more traditional organizing methods? Member to member organizing is really, I think, just such a unique thing of connecting with someone and saying, I'm in the same position as you. I work for a school district. I'm facing this challenge as well. There's just this level of connection. When I talk to someone who says, I've had a difficult class and I don't feel supported, I can say, oh, well, I understand what that feels like. I've had a challenging class as well. And I also didn't feel supported. And here's how I was able to get through that. I mean, it's just that way of saying, I know where you're coming from. I understand. I face the same challenges. 
I chose to be a part of this union. I chose to be a part of our union for these reasons and just being able to connect with one another. And I think it's different when you're right there in that moment as well. I know that a lot of people who may not be members who do this work, maybe at one time they were in the classroom or on the school bus or just wherever in education. And I think that they bring a unique perspective as well. But I really think that there's something powerful about one member saying to another potential member, this is why I choose to invest in our association. This is why I put my time resources, my financial resources, my energy resources in our association, because I believe that it is the best association, that it is the best way to create the change that we we want to see. And I think from member to member, again, just that being able to have those relatable moments or those relatable issues just draws potential members in. I know that you are part of a more formal member to member organizing group, but it sounds to me like a lot of this could be done informally, that it could start off with a complaint. It could start off with some frustrations that you hear just socially and spreading the word about what work the union has been doing, if you know that. So if somebody is not interested necessarily in doing a formal training on how to organize, what are some ways that they can just spread the word or help people understand the value of the union within the school building? Oh, that's such a good question because you're right. Some people don't have the time to invest in this. And some people are just kind of quiet. They like to be more behind the scenes. But in my mind, I think every member is to some degree a member organizer. Just sharing the reason why you joined is oftentimes enough to pique the interest in someone who's not a member. I think it's good that you said what's a gripe or a complaint. Well, all across our country, there's been issues about censorship. There's been issues about compensation. There's been issues about class size. There's definitely issues about protected time and, you know, having their voices heard. And I feel like any member can say, oh, well, you know, our association is really fighting hard. We're working to get compensation across the board, not just for teachers, but for our education support professionals for just across the board and really about protecting that time. And hey, if you've got a concern, our association really invests in educator voice. And again, with educator, meaning our retires, our higher eds, our classroom teachers, bus drivers, custodians, maintenance, everybody in education, they really want to know what you have to say. And so that's a great segue to say if you're interested in having your voices heard or you're having your concerns addressed, perhaps you should join our association and here's how to go about doing that. And that's just a really simple conversation. Even though I'm a member organizer, I actually just had that conversation today. One of our brand new teachers in the building, because I haven't had a chance to do a big formal thing, just walked up to me and said, I heard you're the person to talk to about X, Y, and Z. And I said, oh yeah, tell me what you're thinking. And I said, you know, our association is really good with supporting this. Perhaps she'd be interested in hearing about it. And yes, I would be. And I just laid it out that way. It wasn't a big production. It really just was. I'm concerned about this. Well, let me talk to you about this. And our association addresses this. And there you go. And I feel like every member has the potential to do that. 
And those questions or problems that you were mentioning, I think a lot of educators could probably relate to. They're sort of nationwide problems. What are some of the most significant challenges, frustrations that you've encountered that resonated with other educators in more of your area that maybe are not completely unique, but just to hear a little bit about what you're most often talking about with other members? Most often it is about being heard. It's about educator voice. That is really the big thing. A lot of educators just don't feel like anyone's listening. So that's in in an educator voice. I mean, you can get into other things, but they feel like sometimes school admin, district admin, state leaders are not listening to educators talk about the things that they need. That's a huge one. And that resonates with everyone at all levels in education. Every employee that I've talked to has said, nobody's listening, nobody understands, or nobody seems to care about Again, that's just one of those big things. The second one is definitely compensation. And I find it interesting that people want to be heard even above the compensation. Everybody wants to believe that that someone is concerned about how they feel, but compensation is right there. A lot of educators are working two, sometimes three jobs when it comes to our education support professionals. The struggle is really right there. And that's another big concern. But again, that feeds into that voice. They feel like if someone was listening to them talk about the things that they're doing and other responsibilities that they have, that could kind of segue into compensation. Protected time is always another one. And I think a lot of times people think protected time, and we're only talking about inside the school building, but protected time can also be a part of that compensation because your time can't be protected. If you're leaving one job to go to another job, how is that dealing with your mental health? How is that helping you with your anxiety? I mean, how refreshed can you be for the next day if you're having to leave one job to go to the next? So I can see the interconnectedness of all of these things. And again, it kind of starts with the voice, but it trickles down with everything else. But those are some of the biggest concerns that I've talked to educators, again, all boards, all levels, everything. Those are the three big ones right there. Thanks for listening to School Me, and a quick thank you to all of the NEA members listening. If you're not an NEA member yet, visit nea.org slash whyjoin to learn more about member benefits. Now let's talk about the national cadre. Can you tell me what the cadre is about and how you work together and what the purpose of of bringing people from different states together to talk about organizing? The National Cadre, first of all, let me just shout out the most amazing team of people that I've had the pleasure of working with. We have Alyssa, and she is from Kansas. We have Shasta and Brandy, and they are from Wyoming. And then we have Tanya, Andrea, and Katie, and they are from Ohio. And we have TJ from Georgia. Our goal, our mission is to really empower our member organizers and to elevate the training of the member organizing so that they can kind of see themselves in us because we're members, they can see themselves. And the reason why we have organizers from different parts of the country is because every state has different needs. And like I said, the big three with voice and time and compensation, even if those are the same categories, they're different ways 
that they can be addressed in different states. For instance, I know Kansas has collective bargaining. South Carolina does not have bargaining. And so we might have that issue, but we're going to go about it in different ways. But the really cool thing is some of the things that work in Kansas also work in South Carolina. Some of the things that work in South Carolina are very helpful to people in Ohio. And some of the things in Ohio can do some of the things in Georgia. And so we take a lot of ideas from each other and we present those out. And that's just been tremendous. We also handle most of the training for our member organizers. So we've done the transformational conversations training online and I've done it in person. I think some of the other team members have done it in person for their states. And then we also do the member organizer check-ins. And so we are connecting with people across the country and answering their questions as a member, talking to another member, just the concerns, the fears. We stay very active on our member organizing Facebook page. And so someone drops a question in, we're all going to jump in and try to answer it. And so it's just really been powerful for us to, to reach so many different organizers in different places. And what does training look like for member to member organizing? Of course, members know what it's like to be a member already, but there's some skills that I think are helpful in building your confidence and knowing how to really engage with other people in the union. So without giving us the entire training, of course, (laughs) can you talk a little bit about what you're actually training people on? Well, what we're really training people on is the difference between a transactional conversation and a transformational conversation. We never want to reduce our association, our union into something being transactional. Like we need you to join so that you can get liability insurance. That's transactional. You do get that, but that's not, that's like you're giving me money for something and then you get something. It's more of that situation that I had with Todd Scholl where I'm listening to you. I'm getting to hear what you need. And then I'm talking back to you and saying, hey, we need you. This is what we have together. We can collectively do this together. And it's a partnership. It's not a, you give me this so you can get that. We're teaching people how to have those conversations that are engaging and that you're listening and that you're hearing their story. And we're also teaching, and this is something that I really had to learn because I'm a talker, that what we're doing in these conversations, 80% listening and 20% talking, we're letting potential members talk to us and tell us what they need or how they feel or what interests them or just whatever it is, because we never want to come off as salesmen because that's not what we are. And I, for one, think that our union speaks for itself. It doesn't need to be sold. It just needs to be introduced. And I think that once people understand what our union is about, then they will want to step in. So we want to diminish any idea of, hey, you got to pitch this. It's an introduction. Like you just meeting a friend, you want to introduce and then let them step in. And so that's really the heart of the training right there. Just kind of shifting that mindset from sell it to introduce it. And to switch gears a little bit, you mentioned that you're a local president. So I wanted to ask what your journey was from just getting started and getting involved in the union to actually 
being the president of one. So what happened was our local was dormant. It had been dormant for a few years. It, you know, there were still members here, but either through a group of teachers, a group of educators, people retiring and things like that, it just kind of quieted down. And so when I joined and we were talking about the local, the conversation was there is the local there, it's just not active. And I said, oh, okay. And the next question was, would you like to kind of lead that charge in getting it active? And I said, sure. I didn't know what to do. So of course you contact all the current members and you know, you have to make the plan to have an actual election and, and everything. And so once that was done, I was elected and I'm so thankful for that. And we're still just kind of still growing and getting things together, but it's been a wonderful journey of just meeting so many people in my district. I come from a small district, but I, you know, you still don't know everyone. And it's just been beautiful to meet people and to hear their stories. And again, just seeing people step into engagement and saying, I didn't know this was possible, or I didn't know that I could be an officer. I didn't know that I could be a building rep. And so it's just been lovely to see other people also just step up. And how do you relate being a local president with the member organizing work? It seems like there's a lot of overlap in some ways. And also that means that you're approaching people from probably a little bit more of a formal perspective and then also informally in passing. So how do those two things connect for you? I'm a very laid back local president. I sometimes use that to get into the door, but then I'm a member and I just talked to them as a member. We are all under the same district, so we have a lot of the same concerns. And I just speak to that. I think it's more of a time management thing for me a little bit, but not even that so much. So much of what I do is just really trying to build members up and to build potential members up even. And just by continuously sharing what our union is capable of and what they're already doing and how there's a place for everyone. Everyone who wants to be engaged can be engaged. There is no cap on it. There's no, hey, we've got 10 people, that's enough. There's none of that. So just to continuously encourage and support the members I have and the potential members who are coming, it just kind of flows into one another. It's not really as challenging as one might assume. The biggest thing has just been me kind of balancing the time, but even that has become a little bit more blurred as I become more comfortable in organizing and in leading because like I said, I think every member has the ability to invite other members to organize. And so I might just be a little bit more comfortable doing it, but it's really hasn't been that challenging. And how do you organize or manage your time? Because obviously it's very busy to have a job and then also, you know, being an officer and keeping up with all of these sort of union commitments. So how do you like to balance your time? I have a wonderful calendar <laughs> that I often forget to take with me. I keep things on my phone, not like just dates and things, but I'm very member driven. I really do put the needs of my members and our association kind of just before most things. I feel like I could be a good leader, but if I'm not serving my members, then am I a good leader? And so I feel like 
a good leader is one who serves. And so I make sure that I'm serving the members and that just seems to work itself out. You know, they're more likely to overlook me being 10 minutes late for a meeting if I am 10 minutes late for a meeting because I am meeting with someone who really needs some assistance or some encouragement that day. So I just find that as long as I'm serving my members and doing the best that I can for them, then the leadership just kind of follows into that. Looking at the way that you actually work through all of this, how has being involved in the union at the level that you've been involved changed the way that you do your work and approach being a librarian? Oh my goodness. Being a part of our union has shown me that I can make a difference. I can kick myself. Here I am, you know, 21 years in. And for years, I would just see issues and think, oh, I wish someone would do something about it or, you know, how sometimes we can be someone should and someone should. And for the past few years that I've been involved in our union, I haven't been saying someone should. I just say, who's doing something? How can I be a part of this? What can I do? How can I get involved? How can I help? How can I assist? What part can I play in bringing about this change? And that's been the game changer big time because I'm no longer just sitting back grumbling about things. I'm seeking out other people who are actively working to bring about solutions. We're in this time of censorship and challenges and being a part of our union has given me the tools and the confidence to be able to be my own advocate, but to also be such an advocate that I was asked to join the State Board of Librarians, the State Association for Our Librarians, because they've seen the way that I've been able to speak up and speak out. And that's not something I ever did before I became a part of our union. I just didn't know how to, I wasn't comfortable doing it. And I didn't know that it would be so effective. And so it really does just speak into my work. I'm so much more, I think, willing to collaborate with other teachers, willing to just jump in with other people and start these conversations. And I can just see the effects of being a part of our union, how it has just slipped into areas of my life that I didn't even expect, even outside of education, outside of my career, just in my community. Whenever I see someone in need or a situation, I am quick to go and sign up to be a part of the solution. And in your personal life, how has being a part of the union, if at all, affected your personal life? Well, you know, the thing is, is I I enjoy it so much. I go to community meetings. I just volunteer my time. I do a read-in program through our city museum that just came from a passion of mine that diverse books being challenged, diverse picture books being challenged. And so again, just wanting to be a part of something and wanting to lend my strengths and my talents to anyone who would take them. I became a part of the Juneteenth celebration in our community, which really caught the attention of the person who's over the museum. And because I just asked, do you need someone to read? I'll be happy to read. And so I did that for a year or two. And then I get a phone call. 
we would like to have you on the board. So again, on that board, and from there, it was, hey, you know, we're being having these challenges about these diverse books. Why don't we do an African-American read-in for Black History Month? Well, we did and invited the community. The attendance was good. The feedback was fantastic. And so they approached me and said, can we do it every month? And I was like, well, why not? And so now we're doing these read-ins with diverse books. Some of the books that have been challenged, we're bringing in these diverse books and reading them to the community, to a diverse audience. And they each get a copy of that book. And they're just like, wow, this is fantastic. It's, you know, just all these different ways. And you're right. There's not a lot of free time, but it's so rewarding. It doesn't even feel like work. It doesn't feel like being busy. I always tell my friends, you can be busy or you can be productive. I feel very productive. It's a good way to look at it. As a Black woman, since we were talking about diversity, how do you feel that identity mixes in with this work that you're doing and why it might be important as a Black woman to get involved in your union at this level? One thing that I really appreciate and speak about a good bit is how our union is diverse and inclusive. I don't feel tokenized at all. I don't feel like I've reached this level because I'm a Black woman. I feel like I've just shown that I am capable of the work and I just happen to also be a Black woman. And that's really distinctive to me because I've been a part of groups where it was more about the fact that I was a Black woman checking off two boxes in the diversity category. And then, oh, you also happen to have these skill sets. But more than that, you know, that was something I was hyper aware of coming into our union and very quickly discovered that that is not the case, that we don't just talk diversity and inclusion. It is lived out and it is just part of, I think, the DNA of our union that they have really made it a essential part of making sure that everyone feels included and is included. And so that's really important to me. But I also feel like it's important to be visible and it's important to to show other people that diversity and to show other people that this is not a place where you have to be typecast to be in leadership. You don't have to fit a certain mold or be a certain way or have a certain degree or any of that. It is really about what you are willing to do. How engaged do you want to be? How hard are you willing to work? How committed are you to the values and the mission? And then, you know, the sky's the limit. And so I just feel like it's important to be visible, but I in no way think that that's not like a carrying card I have to have. And that's really important to me. As someone who started off their their union journey a little bit more in the passive category and then became very active <laughs> advocate and leader, what advice would you give to educators who want to get involved in the union or are just learning about the union and think there's something there for them, but they're unsure of where to start? The advice that I would give them is to jump in. Just come on. I feel like engagement is what you want it to be. So if I was talking directly to a member who said, hey, I just haven't, I would say the first step, go to a local meeting, reach out to your local president, 
invite a friend, a potential member to a meeting and go with them. That's really engagement. Inviting someone in is engagement. Attending a meeting is engagement. Attending a social, getting engaged around an issue, either an issue that's been stated or an issue that you find. Like I said, for me, it's all about books and and censorship and all of these things. And that's something that my state union allowed me to just run with. When they first met me, they were, hey, if this is something that you really want to pursue, then they gave me all the confidence and the skills and the platform to do that. I feel like being engaged is just whatever you want it to be, but I just say start. You've got to just start and do good work wherever you start. I think sometimes we can get a little ahead of ourselves and we'll say, oh, I want to be in this position. So what do I have to do to get to this position? And I think the answer to that is is work really hard in the position that you're in. Enjoy the work. Be committed to that work and let that just grow authentically. So final question. What is something you're looking forward to? Oh, my goodness. I'm so looking forward to this school year. Like I said, 21 years in and I love it. I'm still so excited. I can't wait to just interact with the students, introduce them to so many good books. If Jason Reynolds is listening, I have every book and I love them all. And I really do introduce students to you and they love Jason Reynolds and Kwame Alexander so much. And so just to see that wide-eyed expression when they find a book that they love or when they discover that maybe I didn't think I was a reader, I can be a reader. There is nothing like it. And I can't even describe it, but it is just the best thing ever. And I am so looking forward to connecting with my students and my community. And just let's just see how far we can go this year. Let's just grow. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today, Cassie. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed myself. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of School Me and take a minute to rate the show and leave a review. It really helps us out and it makes it easier for more educators to find us. For more tips to help you bring the best to your students, text POD, that's P-O-D, to 48744.